right, come on, come on, come on. That's good. That's good. All right, we'll go ahead and read the verse, and then I'll give us some context. John 14, verse 27. This is Christ, Jesus Christ. He says this, I am leaving you with a gift. Someone say gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace, someone say peace. peace, I give is a gift the world cannot give. So Christ is referring to the fact that in this world, you will gain things, but they don't have the, the ability to give you everlasting peace. Um, be, it, be it finances or possessions or relationships or opportunities, um, we tend to get the things we want. And the peace doesn't doesn't always last long. So he says that and it says this. So so don't be troubled or afraid. I'm leaving you with a gift of peace, uh, with the gift, peace, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So I'll do a little teaching here Uh, right now. Christ is uh, at the Last Supper and um Judas has already left the room. The Bible says that the devil has entered Judas and he's going to go and and get the Roman guards to come and arrest Christ so that they can take Christ to the cross and convict Christ and all this stuff. And so what he's doing, Christ is preparing his disciples for his death. Um, And then he's going to go on this discourse or this teaching about the Holy Spirit. So God is three in one. God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, the way we simply break that down is, uh, for example, Josh. I am son. My mom is here. Come on, everyone. Let's celebrate mom. Yes. Mom is here. So e- even on the front row right now, I'm son, husband, and dad. One person, three functions, pastor. So I'm, I'm really dealing with a lot right now. Um, so I need your support up here. Don't be falling asleep. All right, cool. All right. And um, so he's preparing them for his death. He, he talks to them about the gift of the Holy Spirit that's going to live inside of them. And then he's preparing them for the tough times ahead. How many of us know that life is cyclic in the sense that you are either in a tough time, you're leaving one, or you're about to enter one. And so he's, he's saying, I promise that I'm going to give you this gift of peace, which tells me here, since God is three in one, go ahead and write this down. Peace is not a thing. Peace is a person. Peace is a person. And, and the person of peace is the Holy Spirit. He's the author of peace. He's the source of peace. And um, we'll we'll continue to give you some more definition for peace if you're taking notes. Go and write this down. Peace is inner calm or rest. Inner calm. You know, bad things can be wide open in your life, around your life, in your home, at the job. But but you got to inner calm. And then write this down. Peace is... The mental assurance, assurance of victory. So, so, so there, there's, it's, it's also a mind. That's, that's why Christ said, I give you a gift of peace of mind and heart. So it's an inner calm in the heart, but it's also the mental assurance 
that things are going to work out for my good and for God's. We can celebrate that. Come on, 1045, ready to go. Woo! You know, 1045 used to be the tough crowd because y'all slept in. But I I don't know. I I think, uh, you know, think things are changing the spirits in here or something. It's that nine o'clock now. You're trying to get them up. I love you, nine. Love you all. Yes, it's nice outside, too. So, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And, and so here it is. So, so peace, going to write this down. It's spiritual in nature. Um, so it's not tangible. And it is a gift from God. Which tells me that it is invaluable. So there's, there's no amount of money I can spend on anything that's going to bring me everlasting peace. Our inner calm. At best, it'll make me feel good. I'll be happy I'm walking out of the mall with it. I'll be happy because it's happening that I'm driving off of the lot with it. But if it's not happening, I don't have joy. I don't have peace. And so, um, and then let's deal with two things that rob us of peace. Go ahead and write this down. Two things that will rob you of your peace. Once again, Christ is preparing them for the tough times ahead. And if you read church history, all of the disciples die gruesome deaths. So the calling to follow Christ and to share the gospel to the world is the highest calling in the world, but it also attracts tough times. And so along the way, Christ understood that they were going to be dealing with some things that were going to seek to rob them of peace. And the first thing that they were going to deal with is, number one, write this down, unhealthy focus. An unhealthy focus will rob you of your peace. Unhealthy focus. Um, one of the smallest things on this stage has the, the power to rob you of your focus. Anyone ever uh, seen one of these? You familiar with them? I thought, it, I thought I was the only one that had one. I thought it was a new thing. You know, I thought it, I was the only one getting robbed of. Anyone, anyone got one of these? Thumb. And I'll show you how this works. It's kind of, it's a mystery, you know, how it robs you. And so you pick it up with these four and then you, you unlock it with your face. It's crazy. And you just, you open it. I mean, and at first you're just, you know, you know, you're on YouTube, Facebook. You're just kind of going through. And before you know, it's like, that is, a, that is a nice car. My car is not that nice. Oh, my God, her husband is so handsome. Mm. Wish I had me a man. Wow, they just got a brand new house. Oh, my God. Wow. And I'm in this small apartment. I was doing okay the first 10 minutes. Let me, let me get back here. I don't want a repeat of the 9 a.m. It's a mess. But no, it, it'll rob you. It's unhealthy focus. The news. Someone say the news. Anyone running around like a chicken with their head cut off for gas the other day? It was crazy. I'm like... Gaithersburg has, has 72,000 people in it. Why are we acting like we're like New York or L.A.? Like, like we're a big city. 
Like gas stations all over, like within the radius of five miles. It's all, it's crazy. And I'm like, I'm pulling out my pastor car. I'm a pastor. I'm important. I need to get gas. I got to save souls. People are like, get out of here. You know what I mean? You ain't get no gas. You know. And so unhealthy folk drama. Drama. If you focus on drama, it gets in you. If you, if you focus on negativity, like focus is like a magnifying glass. It, it makes things look bigger than what they really are. And it, it just, it, get, it gets on the inside of you. So go ahead and write this down. What, what you focus on fills you. It's an unhealthy focus. That'll rob you. The second thing that robs us of peace is number two. And this is why Christ was preparing them. This is why he prepares us today. Number two, unexpected hardship. Unexpected hardship. It, it, it's easy to, to deal with hardship that you expect. Like, like, you knew you were late a few times. You knew you were going to lose that job. You, you know, you, you had started looking for a new job already because you knew your number was up, right? It was expected. It was expected. But when, it's, when, it's, when you've been saving for a long time and that one thing comes and it takes away everything you have, that was unexpected. Your, your health, one day you were good, you were strong, you are healthy. You go to the doctor and, and there's this diagnosis, there's this condition, autoimmune. Like, and now you're trying to figure out, does this run in my family? Like, what's going on? Why am I? You know, it's unexpected. Uh, hardship will, will rob you of your peace. The person you fell in love with, now you're, you're at odds with this. It's unexpected. Like, I never thought that we would go through this. It's unexpected yeah. hardship. Right, right, right. Uh, two, two weeks ago, we, we woke up. Uh, no, the smell woke up Pastor Kyra about 3 a.m. in the morning. And it, it was, you know, it smelled, but it wasn't like super duper strong. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's 3. I'll check it in the morning. And so Judah and I, we were heading down, uh, went from our room down to the main floor, heading towards the basement. And we were going down the steps, and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh my God. And then, you know, I got my socks on, so I step on the carpet, and so- socks are completely drenched. And I'm like, well, maybe it's the door. You know, I've, I've been kind of procrastinating. I should have put a seal on the door. It rained hard last night. Maybe it's just by the door. Let me, let me go towards the laundry. You take two, two or three more steps. Yeah. Oh, my God. Judah, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. And so our basement flooded, and it was sewage water. And I know many people have experienced that, and so that's, that's easy. So you're like, whatever, Pastor, what's the next point? Okay, just, okay, here it is. So we're displaced for a week. Okay, some, some of you, okay, you've had floods too, so okay, I understand. We go back a week later after shopping around for plumbers. We get different quotes and stuff. And uh, finally, we, we zone in and we agree with the, this particular company. And they come back next Monday. They're about to fix our, uh, <laughs> I call it, uh, if you ever wanted to see like where, where Hades was located, come, come to my house. I mean, th- this basin is so deep, um, it, it's crazy. I'm like, I didn't even know that was a part of our house. This thing's like 30 feet deep, you know? Anyway, I swear I saw Satan take a slide. He was just, you know, it's crazy. So, okay, 9 o'clock, maybe I'll work on that. Okay, whatever. But the plumbers are there, 
working on this, and I'm fixing my coffee. I'm in and out. You know how you're watching contractors. They're doing work. You're trying not to be aggravating, but y'all okay? Y'all need something? All right. You good? But you're watching them. They don't want you watching them. Okay. All right. I'll be in the house if you need me. All right. You come back out. Y'all okay? Two minutes later. Yeah, we're doing good. Y'all, y'all want some water something? Something. Okay. I fixed some coffee and I drank my coffee. About five minutes. We're about 30 minutes into the process of doing what they're doing. I'm in the house just hanging out. I hear this knock on our door. And, and you know, through the garage, the door that enters into the house. Do, 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 do. And I'm like, they may as well break down the door. You know what I mean? Or maybe they think I'm upstairs. Whatever. Hey, your house is on fire. And I don't know. <laughs> it's not funny. It's a serious situation. But on one hand, I'm thinking that we're, we're at the beginning stages of coming back home. But in a moment, well, maybe not. Because the attic was on fire. They're fixing, and I'm like, this is a good preaching point. Flood in the basement, fire in your attic. You know what I mean? You sit around, when you're preaching, you think about these things. Like, furtick would kill that. Flood in the basement, fire in the furtick. He'll go off for an hour and people be tripping. I'm like, it's a great revelation. But I got to teach. So I wish I could preach like that. I got to teach the word of God. And so, and and I'm like, fire in the attic. I mean, my whole voice changes. And like, fire in the attic. Like, I'm, I wish you were there. I'm like, shaking in, in my coffee. I'm like, oh my God. And I lose it. I don't know what to do. I feel like a little kid. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to head this way and I'm this way and I'm, I finally come myself. I'm like, what do I do? And it's like, call 911. And so I call 911. They have you on the phone forever when someone's dying. It's like, can they just get here? And then they ask you this one last question. While the, while the house is burning down, this one last question. Have you been around anyone the past 14 to 21 days with COVID? I'm like, if y'all don't come here and take off all these masks and let's breathe on each other and put this fire out. Worried about no masks right now. But it's like. Blood in the basement, fire in the attic. We thought we would be displaced for two weeks. Now we're currently in a hotel. And, um, you know, my wife, you even, because I didn't go with you and mom the other day, but um, you, you went into Judah's room. And my mom was even shaken by it. I, I didn't make that appointment, but you said you were moved by the condition of his room because they had to go in and knock holes into the, into the ceiling in every room and uh, get the fire and find it. And, and so w- what you thought was going to be maybe two weeks max is now, is now six months. And that kind of eats away at, at you a little bit from a human standpoint. Like, how in the world can I lead people? And I'm, we're such in a vulnerable season, as it seems. It's unexpected. Sonic, and it hit back to back, bam, bam. Right. And then you begin to, um, and I speak from a place of strength. So it's, it's not like a, 
you know, yeah, I know you guys are going to be praying and, and you're going to want to help us and support us. And we accept that. We, we have a way for you to do that. But we, we, we don't speak from a place of like we need. We're just telling you like you need peace. And, um, and it's funny because last week I'm up preparing the message from midnight to 2 a.m. And then when the fire happened, it all made sense. God said, I put on your heart a series about peace. And so I have to allow you to go through something like this in order for the message to come from a pure place. It it can't just be studied. It has to be made flesh. It has to be relatable. You know what I'm saying? Like we're currently living this. (laughs) And and so it's like a flood in the basement, fire in the attic, but in the in-between you got to you got to find that inner calm that doesn't come from owning a car or owning a home or having a degree or having status. All of it's going to burn anyway when we come to judgment. The question is, is how did you trust and hold on to Jesus when you were in the earth? How did you share Jesus? How did you spread Jesus? It's not about this stuff. The God of peace unexpected no no one no one writes on their new year's resolution yeah i'll lose 25 pounds by may 1st yeah we'll save ten thousand dollars by may 1st yeah house can burn down may 8th it's unexpected the the disciples wouldn't have expected that 60 years after Christ went to heaven, that the winning team, the church of Jesus Christ that was raising the dead and casting out devils and healing the sick, the winning team, their leader who got up from the grave and and went to heaven and he's still there now, they wouldn't have expected that 60 years post his death that they would be hung up as torches in the city streets of Rome to light the night. They wouldn't have expected that that base in Jerusalem, because of the persecution that was going to hit the church, would have had to spread out across different continents. But they also came to understand that it was really God allowing it so the gospel could get out of Jerusalem and get into other nations. They had to find peace in that. And so in context, Peter writes this verse to the church that spread because of hard times. And he says this here. I love it. It says this here in, in 1 Peter 5. Remember, someone say remember, remember, that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same, someone say same, same. kind of suffering you are. And so the way PK and I have been taking it is, There's someone going through a situation that's a lot worse than ours. And they're Christians. And they're holding on to God's unchanging hand. And they're finding peace in that struggle. So what I want to do real quick is give us three ways to tap into peace. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, it's in you. Let me give you three ways. Number one, you have to know that God is working on your behalf. 
know that God is working on your behalf. We're going to go to 2 Kings. And uh, so Elisha, the prophet, is hearing from God. Israel has an enemy army, enemy nation that they're up against. And this, this king wants to know, is there anyone in my staff telling Israel our plans? Because they keep beating us. And they're like, no, none of us are betraying you. They have Elisha, the prophet, the man of God. God is revealing to him what we're going to do to them. And so he says, okay. He says, let's go get him and seize him. Second Kings 6. You ready for this? Y'all okay? All right, verse 13 says this. It says, go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back. Elisha is at Dothan. Someone say Dothan. Dothan. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. One man. I think if God were to open your spiritual eyes, you would be surprised to see how many demons and devils are against you and are trying to surround you. Because they know the potential that God has put on the inside of you. They know the call that's on your life. They know the promise. You would be surprised, surprised, surprised. And he says this here. Verse 15. When the servant of the man of God. So Elisha had a servant, a student. Got up early the next morning and went outside. There were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir. What will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. I love this. Sounds like Jesus. Didn't Jesus just say, don't be afraid? That was hundreds of years later after Elijah. Someone say that. Don't be afraid. Someone say it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Come on, we can celebrate that. Yeah, you got to know. God is working. Then Elijah prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. You have to know that that God is working in the details. He's opening the doors. He's... He's working in the hearts of the people. He, he has a solution, and, 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 and he is greater than what you're up against. This is the way I see it. I wish I, wish I had a, a, you know illustration, but if, if you can follow my train of thought and write it on your notes. So write a small circle if you're writing. There's a small circle when it comes to tough times. And within that small circle, you have the control of how, how you respond to the situation. That's what you, you can, you can pray, you can get friends, you can get support, you can do everything you can do. Then there's a larger circle outside of that. And, and that's what I call the God realm that you have no control over. And the only thing you can do is pray into that realm in order to activate that realm. But in order to tap into peace, you, you can't believe it. You can't have faith. You can't trust it. You have to know that, that God is moving. So even personally, as we've gone through this situation and as we sometimes you got to zone out of it too. like, OK, that just happened. OK. But you, you got to gather yourself and you got to know, all right, all right, we're alive. We're breathing. We woke up another day 
and, and, and God is working. The second way you tap into peace is number two, you got to prioritize peace. You got to prioritize it. Peace is more practical than we think. You know, you know, God doesn't just zap us. You, you got to sometimes you, it's, this is funny. This is probably mess with your theology. Sometimes you have to work for your peace. You understand? Here it is. Sometimes you got to defend your peace. Right. So you got to prioritize. Write this down. The areas you prioritize will grow. What you prioritize will grow. And so Elisha's predecessor, Elijah, someone say Elijah. Elijah. All right, 1 Kings 19. He's just had the biggest victory in his ministry. He's just killed 800 prophets of Baal. Like he is on the mountaintop. And then this happens. Let's read it. Y'all ready? It says this here. When Ahab got home. He told Jezebel, Jezebel is Ahab's wife, everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. So she sends a message of fear. A message. They're always coming our way. The news, people, negativity, a message of fear. Now watch this. The highest victory in his life. And in a moment's time, after a word of fear, verse 3 says this. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah. He left the servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. So he just went from being super victorious to super suicidal. His peace is gone. Because his focus has shifted to what she said versus... The God that he serves. His peace is gone because his focus has shifted to what she said versus the God that he serves. And in a moment, this is why you can buy something and the very next day be back into depression. You can be on vacation and wake up that next morning, the first morning and be, you know, in depression. You can be you can be where you can be with that person. And, and, and it, it wasn't what you thought it would be. And the peace is gone. And he says this here. He says this here. He sat down, saw the I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. And you can just tell in heaven, like, God's heart is broke. This is his guy. This is his chosen vessel. But he sees that he's, he's struggling. God's like, no, man, don't, don't see yourself that way. You're not, you're not a deadbeat. You, you got a lot in front of you. And he says this here. Then he lay down and, and, and he slept under the broom tree. But, he was, but, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. My God, let me, let me tell you something. During this time, Pastor Kara has been sleeping at the beginning of the situation, and now she's sleeping. That thing has jumped on me now. I ain't getting no kind of sleep. And I love, I love what this angel said. He said, "Get up." At a certain point, you gotta, you gotta get up, yeah. and you gotta eat, yeah. and you gotta, you gotta posture yourself to receive what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in your heart and in your soul, and and you gotta get up. 
And it says this here, and it says this here, verse 6, he looked around and there beside his head was some, some bread baked on hot stones in a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and get some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. The journey ahead will be too much for you. Did You got to catch this stuff when you read. The journey ahead will be too much for you. Let me tell you something. God has no interest in your survival. He, 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 he wants you to thrive. The journey ahead. He's saying, he's saying, Elijah, if you thought that was something, killing 800 prophets of Baal, what I got, what I got in front of you, what I have in front of you, it's a lot bigger. It's a lot bigger. So I'm going to meet you where you are. But it is to strengthen you so, so that you can level up. And, and, and so you, you, what, what the angel's doing, he, he's guiding him and prioritizing peace. He, he's guiding him in that. He's giving him wisdom in that. He's saying, so, so verse 8, so he got up and ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength for the 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. See, see the first mountain was the mountain of, of Baal. And Elijah was doing a lot of that in his strength. He was calling heaven down, calling heaven down, doing the work, doing the hard work. And what happened is, is it drained him. The mountain of God is the mountain he's going to be able to climb based upon what God gave him in order to climb it. So he wasn't calling heaven down. Heaven just came down and gave him something. And he was going to be able to climb that mountain because of what God gave him. So he got up and ate and drank, blah, 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 blah. Verse 9, there he came to a cave where he spent the night. You got to prioritize peace. Here it is. This is what you prioritize. The bread represented scripture. Write that down. Are you prioritizing the word of God on a daily basis? Rule of thumb for me, if I can pass this on to you. Five minutes of prayer minimum daily. Fifteen minutes in the word minimum daily. I need it. I need it. When you're in a place you've never been before, you you need a word. You, You need truth. You need living bread you need the word of god and the water and the water jar represented the spirit of god the spirit of god so 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 that that's prayer prioritizing prayer i've come to find out a lot of times with prayer you don't come out a lot of times and the situation changes but but you gather the strength and the peace and the perspective you need you keep going. Yes. You know, because sometimes you can't fast forward tough times. Right. It's like you can't, you, you can't, like, it, it's settled. We're out of this house for six months. We're in the hotel for another week. But, but we, we got supercepts today. Yep. Yep. We, we're, we're raising up new leaders yesterday. We got baptisms in front of us. We got outreach to do. Because there are hungry people and hurting people for the journey ahead of you. God's like, I know where you are, but while you're here, talk to me. Tell, tell your wife, like, when y'all go to the pool, when you go get ice cream with the boys, tell your wife you want to stay in the hotel room. Spend some time with me. Tell her you got to go to the lobby. 
You're in Matthew right now, right? Yeah, yeah, Lord, I'm in Matthew. Well, chapter three, I got something to say to you. You understand? You got to prioritize peace. And then that third element was rest. Where does your rest fit in? We are good with filling our time up with stuff that just doesn't need to be there. Sometimes God is just saying, put on your PJs, turn off the TV, put on some nice music, and just rest. You need that strength. You got to prioritize peace, okay? And then, number three, how to tap, how to tap into peace. Number three, let the Holy Spirit carry you. Let the Holy Spirit carry you. Yeah. Christ was preparing their hearts for the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people have been asking us, how are you guys walking through this? How are you still shepherding and pastoring and showing up with a smile, leading? I was just telling my wife that God doesn't mind making his greatest soldiers a spectacle for his glory. So that when people see your life and they see you struggling, but you're still praising God, you're still trusting God, they wonder. You're supposed to quit after that one. That that was the knockout blow. I just told her, babe, we 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 gotta go from why has this happened? That's that's year one, year two, year three, year four in Christ stuff. Like that's baby stuff. Like my kids ask a lot right now, why can't we do it? Why can't why? Why why? I get that. That's where they are. We gotta go from why to what are you trying to build in us? What 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 are you trying to teach us? And you got, you know, you got preachy terms like, you know, the bigger the blessing, the bigger the burden. Okay. You, you, you know, you, you, you're going to take land. You're going to lose some land. It's, it's kingdom math. It's, it's how God, uh, you got Job in the Old Testament. Where the Bible says that he was a righteous man of complete integrity. He loved God. He was faithful to his wife. His kids were partiers. This is how great Job was. They would party their guts out. And every morning, Job would wake up and offer a sacrifice to the Lord for their forgiveness. So the Bible says that Satan came into the heavenly courts one day with the angels of the Lord. And God asked him, Satan, uh, where have you come from? As if he didn't know. And he said, I've been going to and fro. Watch God. This was Satan's suggestion. I mean, this was God's suggestion. God said, um, have you considered my servant Job? If I'm Job and I know about this conversation, I'm like, God, you're tripping. And Satan said, hmm. He said, the reason he loves you and honors you is because he's so blessed. He said, let me touch his life. God said, okay. Touch his life. And if you read Job chapter 1, 
Job gets three knocks on the door, just like I did. All your farmlands are burned. And I was the only one. They attacked this and, and a, a windstorm came from, from, you know, the woods and the house that all of your children were in came down and all of them are dead. Satan touched his life. Through God. So, <laughs> through, Satan can't do nothing outside of the Lord's approval. You go to the New Testament and you deal with Peter. Peter is the guy who's going to preach the first Holy Spirit-filled sermon. And 3,000 people in one day come to Christ. Rewind it back, my friend. They have an interaction where Jesus tells him about a year before that preaching. Jesus says, um, with all the love in his heart, he asked for Peter. He says, um, Satan has requested to sift you as wheat so when you sift something you throw it on the ground and you rub it real hard you you, you rub it very intensely and Jesus responds you gotta you gotta read into the you gotta ask the Holy Spirit to show you what God is saying when you read when you read it Jesus does not say I've denied Satan He says, when you recover, strengthen your brethren. (laughs) Job's book ends. The Bible says that he is twice as blessed as he was when he started. When you sift something, when you sift wheat, what you're doing is, this is where Satan is stupid. <laughs> when you sift wheat, you're allowing the, the, cha- yeah, the chaff, the seeds to get out so it can blow and produce more wheat. So Peter got sifted when he denied Christ on the cross, when he denied Christ. But when Jesus resurrected and came back for Peter and restored Peter... Peter preached in Acts 2 and 3,000 people got saved. It was a harvest. So what is a car? What is a house? Let Satan have it. Let the Holy Spirit carry you. Lean, lean, lean into. I really want this for you guys. I want you guys to find peace because it's so many, so many Fox News, CNN, the government, gas, money, the job. Uh, I, I want you guys to go home tonight, and I want you to rest in the presence of God. God, God is calling you, and He wants to fill you with peace. Let's let's stand to our feet. Let's pray. I want to pray over you. God's going to restore you. Bow your heads. God is going to restore you. God is going to push you forward. Let the Holy Spirit carry you. Bow your heads. I want to read this. Fill your minds with this. Isaiah 26.3 says this. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. 
all whose thoughts are fixed on you. He's going to keep you in perfect peace. That word there is maturing peace. He's giving you a peace for every season. You're going to make it through. You're going to have victory. He's going to see to it. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would that you would begin to do a work in our hearts and in our minds, Lord. That you would give us the grace to give you our burdens, to lay them down at your feet. And God, I pray for an inner calm to fall upon your people, an inner rest. God, I even pray that you would begin to open their eyes as you did, Gehazi. Open their spiritual eyes to see light at the end of the tunnel. You are the God of peace. And it pleases you to give us peace. We accept it. We accept it. There is anyone in here who wants to give your heart to God today. Today is your day. You're saying, Lord, I'm giving you my life. I want a life of peace. I want to be at peace with God. Just encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Pray it in your heart. Come into Christ today. Salvation is yours. Forgiveness is yours. Heaven is your home. Just pray this prayer in your heart and you shall be saved. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I repent. I turn from my sin. And I give my life to you. I accept your forgiveness. I ask for the gift of your Holy Spirit in my heart. You are Lord. You are my Savior. And I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together, church. Let's celebrate that.